Glory, glory, Sacramento. Welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. And I'm your host, Nolan. Starting off today with our Dangerous Eastern Conference uh, matchup rankings of the week. So, Scott. Yes, Nolan. uh, Just to explain this segment, Mm -hmm. we are ranking the dangerous matchups that Sacramento could face in the Eastern Conference should they reach the USL uh, championship final game. Yeah. So... Coming in at number three for a dangerous team that I think Sacramento would have a hard time beating is Louisville City FC. Okay, so they're not doing that well. They're this doing year. horribly this so year. So please tell me why you picked you because Louisville. I believe that you have to respect the defend, the, not even the defending champs, the back-to-back defending champions of the USL uh, First Division. Okay, fair enough. So they won in 2016, or they won in 2017. They won in 2018. They beat Phoenix uh, last year in the final. A Phoenix team that had Didier Drogba starting the game for them so okay they're a quality team i am not currently up to date on the transfer activity that's been happening they obviously they're they're going through a rough patch okay well i can fill you in a little bit okay okay so head coach john o'connor yeah he's gone he's with orlando bye-bye he's taken a couple of guys with him goalie and a midfielder or two maybe defender um the former u17 head coach john hackworth has come in okay and I think MLS teams, because of John Hackworth's appointment to Louisville, have been more readily, uh, I guess, willing to loan out their young kids to Louisville. So I think there are some young guys that have been loaned down for a couple of months or, or whatever. So that's kind of the ins and outs of Louisville. And I think that they're maybe just starting to click. So it's good that you picked them because they... I think there'll be a team that makes a late season run, right? But I don't know if they're a USL team this year. Hmm. A beautiful stadium coming, but I don't think they're a USL team this year. Interesting. Uh, okay, so Scott, who is your number three? Yeah, so my third team is Indy Eleven. <clears throat> oh, so okay. if you look at the table, um, they're they're in the playoff hunt. So the hmm. the teams that I picked were they were in the playoffs. Okay, if you're not within the top eight. You're not going to make the playoffs right. in my head, even though spots There's nine only and five ten, or six games that have been played, right, though. right. There's only five or six games, but I think that that's enough of a, a picture of the season hmm. to uh, tell us kind of who's probably going to be at the top of the table. So Louisville lost week one to St. Louis, and since that they've had four straight wins. Or sorry, this is Indy, Indy Eleven lost week one to St. Louis. Since then they've had four straight wins. Okay, they've had some big season signings. Dane Kelly, USL all-time leading uh, goal scorer, from Reno. Yep. Thomas Edavoldson came from Orange County, and uh, between, Kelly scored three goals. Thomas Edavoldson scored two goals. Mm-hmm. Kenny Walker, uh, Navelle Hackshaw, and Evan Newton all came over from FC Cincinnati. They basically just raided FC Cincinnati's players that didn't move up to Major League Soccer. Okay. So those two things, I think, signal a possible uh, trouble for Sacramento. They're a very attacking team, and I think it's starting to come together with these last four wins. I think that they could give Sacramento some trouble with all their attacking prowess. But Nolan, who's your second team? My second team that I think would be a dangerous matchup for Sacramento is the Charleston Battery. So, as you uh, pointed out, we should be looking at teams that are in the playoff hunt. Yeah. Uh, Charleston's currently sixth in the East. Um, they have six, they've played six games in which they've accrued 11 points, and they're only three points off the top of the Eastern Conference table. Um, and they're very... For just by looking at the stats of the game, they are a very defensive team. So their possession is 
they've played games that they've they've won and they've had only 29 percent possession uh-huh. a couple other games that they've had a bit more but overall that's been a a weak point in sacramento's season so far is being able to break down those those teams that line up solidly um and so i think that should they make the playoffs and you know in single elimination playoff rounds <clears throat> those games go defensive teams ways i think it would be a dangerous game for sacramento true true and i just looked up indy 11 is fourth in the eastern conference oh wow yeah fourth okay. um yeah charleston battery is just one of those teams that you, they're just always in the playoffs it seems like even when they have down years they just find a way hmm. and that's the kind of organization that you don't want to face yeah because they know how to win so interesting scott who's your number two my number two is the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Tampa uh, Bay. Tampa Bay Rowdies. I'm looking at the table right now. They are in third. They have conceded only two goals oh in six games. And as we've talked about before with Sacramento, teams with good defenses are hard for Sacramento they to are. break down. That being said... You just told me something about Tampa Bay having a partnership with a English second Yeah, Norwich. Norwich, Norwich. Norwich. Oh, that are going up to the Premier League probably. Uh, probably, yeah. That's, Interesting. What, that's how I was looking. Okay, so my notes for Tampa Bay... Uh, undefeated, three wins and three draws. So, again, a team that knows how to get results. Mm-hmm. They've only played... This is the caveat. They've only played two teams within the top 10. Again, that playoff hunt. Both teams were draws. St. Louis, who are in first, mm-hmm. and Louisville, who are in 10th. Mm-hmm. So, the jury's still a little bit out, but they've only conceded two goals, which tells me that they can get the job done against the lower teams. And they got two draws against some pretty good, one very good team. And then Louisville, who's starting to pull things together. So I think with those things and their, um, a couple of the signings, I like a couple of signings they've made. They've got some, um, they've got some, um, uh, sorry, New York Red Bulls 2 guys. And I, I love the New York Red Bulls 2 Academy. So I, yeah, I just don't, I just would not be happy if Sacramento had to play them in the final. Interesting. Yep. Scott, it's really interesting that you mentioned the New York Red Bulls too because they no. happen to be my number one uh, pick for a dangerous matchup in the Eastern Conference. No. They, are, they are currently second in the Eastern Conference table. Um, 14 points in seven games, averaging two points a game, which is impressive. They are the 2016 USL champs. Sometimes we mm-hmm. forget about... Tyler them. Adams was on that team, I believe. Was he really? I, I think so, yeah. Dang. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So they have good players had the good players they're disciplined um I think they send players to germany that's a fact they send, it is a empirical fact they've done it they do it they're an amazing pro, uh, organization um and they have an amazing striker currently playing for them uh tom barlow 21 years old young exciting and he scores goals six goals in six games he's hot and i just think they're a good team i like the red bulls yeah, they, i like the controversy they are a good team that the organization has in europe with like red bulls teams playing each other in the champions league it's crazy i just like that anyway that's why they're my number one yeah i i almost put them in i just there's something they didn't even make your top three they didn't they were number if this was a top five list they would probably be number four okay i just think there's something about their team this year that i'm not as confident about right now Hmm. They could bring some super uber talented people up that I don't know about, or they could loan some guys down from MLS, but I'm just not feeling it right now. I, I just look at how many goals they've conceded, and I go, eh, they're a bit leaky. Okay. I think Sacramento would be okay. But that's right now. We're only six, seven weeks into the right. season. So we disagree on top on the top spot. Scott, who do you have there? Well, that's because the top spot in the East 
is the top spot on my danger oh rankings. Oh my. St. So Louis original. City FC. They were in the Western Conference last year. Mm. They're in the Eastern Conference this year. I thought they were going to struggle a bit. They, they haven't. haven't. Uh, they are... They, so they, they have wins over Indy 11, who are in my danger rankings. Mm. Nashville, who have signed just pretty much everyone with talent in the USL. Interesting. Atlanta United 2, who are, again, a two-team, but there are some pretty talented youth internationals on that team. They're on the come-up. And they have draws against Tampa Bay, like I mentioned earlier. And Pittsburgh, if you know anything about Pittsburgh, they play a very defensive, they-don't-want-the-ball type of style. Hmm. And they were still able to get a result against a very organized team. Okay, it was a nil-nil, but they didn't concede. So what that shows me is they're organized. If you look at their possession, they're under 50%. They're at about 44%. Hmm. So they've done this without the ball, which leads me to think that if they get into a one-game knockout type of tournament, oh, yeah. they're going to be dangerous. Absolutely. And they've also scored some goals. They have, I think they've scored about nine goals. Let me check real fast. Yep, nine goals, five against, just like Sacramento. Okay. So they're Sacramento, but without the ball, if okay. that makes sense. It does. So that makes me very nervous because if they're able to stay at the top of that table, they're going to have the advantage going into the playoffs. They're going to be able to play the way they want to play. Even if they want to change up their style, I feel like that's another club they have in their bag. So they're for me, the most dangerous team. Interesting. Well, we're going to move on from the Eastern conference, dangerous matchup rankings, uh, going right into previewing the upcoming game this Saturday, April 27th, Sacramento Republic FC is taking on the Phoenix Rising at Papa Murphy's Park at 730? Oh, 730, yeah. Uh, 730. That was a Phoenix. That's what a Phoenix sounds like to me. Back from the ashes, which actually isn't the storyline going into this game. Phoenix happened to be the current reigning Western Conference champions, lost to Louisville City FC in the USL final. Uh, They're a good team. They have a lot of talented players. They are a good team, but they kind of – the narrative, sorry, Nolan, it kind of is back from the ashes because – they They've, they started with those four draws, and then okay. they had a win, and then a loss against Austin, and then a win, a destroying win against a Tacoma B team, okay. if you will. So that that kind of strangely is the narrative, but because it also isn't. That Be- 4-0 result against Tacoma was the so it's Seattle Sounders 2 team without the Seattle Sounders 2 team starters. Essentially, okay. yeah. Because they were off at a tournament. Because they were all off at the Adidas Cup, which we'll talk about okay, yeah, yeah, in yeah. a minute. Later. Yeah. Huh. So, so you disagree? Okay, I, I was just thinking more of like in terms of seasons, but you're thinking more yeah, like this season, they this are season, they are right. So yeah, they yeah. are. There's but a there is, you're right. There is a contrast between last season and this season. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think we should expect from Phoenix this game? Okay, so uh, yeah, th- so this season, so Nolan and I went back back and we watched a couple of games, or the majority of a couple. So he watched the Austin Bold game, and I watched the Tacoma game. Both wins for Phoenix. No, but no, they, uh, lost. I, they lost yeah. my game, and I watched that game. <laughs> um, okay, so what I think they should expect, what we should expect from Phoenix is Sacramento, Sacramento's style of play. Okay, think think of think of watching a Sacramento game, and then put dangerous wingers on the field, and that's essentially what you have. You have a more dangerous Sacramento Republic, hmm. which is hard for me to say, but it's true. So you're going to see the right winger tuck in, just like Blackwood. Hmm. You're going to see the right back push up, just like Gomez. And you're going to see the left winger stay wide, just like Warner. That's how they're going to play. That's how they've 
they've played the past few years, and I think that's how they're going to try to play in Sacramento. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, what do you think? What did you see from the Austin Bold game? From what I saw from the Austin Bold game, they are going to be absolutely shambolic for the first 10 to 15 minutes. Mm. They have been... There's something interesting about this squad. There's only been one player who started every single game, all of their seven games, and it's their right winger, which we'll talk, who we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, they've rotated their keepers. They've rotated their back line. Nobody seems to have nailed down a solid position, and it's not because any of their players aren't any good. They have very, very talented... They do. Uh, young, exciting, and experienced players. They just don't seem to have found their groove yet as a team. Um, I would expect that their front three is going to be very, very dangerous. Um, I don't think we're going to see much. I think we both saw uh, the promise on the right wing. That was uh, the promising player on the right wing Yeah, for Phoenix. An amazing player. Going to be very, very dangerous. Yeah, I kind of compare a comparison that helps me understand this a little bit more. Maybe Scott will disagree is they seem to play like Liverpool's 2017-2018 team where they have a deadly front three Mm -hmm. and just kind of, they're figuring out, they're finding their identity in the midfield and they're just, they don't have a keeper they can trust and they don't have a back line that they think will be solid. They're going to have a a central midfielder that's dropping in between the center backs quite quite frequently as Sacramento um, moves the ball up the field. Um, Yeah, and I I think they're going to settle... after 15 minutes, they're going to settle into their into their game, and it's going to be a very dangerous game, an open game from there. Yeah, I I agree with most of that. I think we'll come to different points of disagreement throughout this episode. But like we said, dangerous wingers. Okay, so okay. Solomon Asante. Amazing player. He's the right winger. He's the one that you got to look out for. Yep. Jamal Johnson, last game, started up top and then moved out to the wing. Also very dangerous. He's going to stay a bit wide and spread the field and just be ready for those long switches. Junior Flemings could also play that role, and it's the same thing. He's going to stay wide, be ready for that long switch. He's going to try to dribble at people. Hmm. Rigi, I think, has been hurt. He's kind of, from what I remember last year, he can play in the middle or he can play out on the right or he can play out on the left. He's smaller. As an attacking player? Yes, attacking player. He's small. He's maybe like 5'5", hard to knock off the ball. Um, I don't think we'll see him in this game, but I just wanted to put it out there in case we do see him. I think I think he tore his ACL, but he was mm. he's supposed to be back at some point this season. Okay. I'm not sure. I couldn't find anything about it super yeah. quickly. So those are the those are the danger swingers. Danger that, swingers. Uh, yeah, that we could mm. see. Would you say that those players are are relatively important to Phoenix's playing style? Uh, I I would say that without Solomon Asante, this kind of falls apart. So. Solomon Asante is so fast on the ball. And what I mean by that is not necessarily moving, but his touches and decision-making and passes are so fast. It's like he's thinking three steps ahead of whoever's defending him. Hmm. Um, He's able to just take a ball, turn, and pass it to... It seems like anyone on the field at any point, Hmm. and it's a dangerous pass. So Solomon Asante has three goals and four assists on the season already, which is pretty impressive yeah. over uh, six, six games. games yeah i mean if you extrapolate that out that's he's that's involved a, in over a goal a game. that's an mvp type season yeah um he's one of the most dangerous wingers probably in the in the league and i don't think that's an over exaggeration i think that's just an accurate yeah exaggeration he's ex- not even an exa- yeah he's one of those players that isn't he's experienced like i was yeah, he's 28 years old yeah 28 years old he came front to phoenix from, in 2017 from the 
Ghana Premier League, which I didn't on the face of it, I was like, I didn't know yeah. Ghana had a Premier League. And yeah. then I was talking with you about it, and you said, oh, that's actually one of the best uh, top division flights in, in Africa. Africa. Yeah. So I, and, At least and that's you, what I've heard. As I'm, I haven't watched it, right. but that's I what I, I hear. I watch a lot of African yeah. top division teams. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, so he's he's experienced. He's experienced with playing with top-level teams. Yep. Um, he's really good. He's really good. But what do you think? Who's a dangerous player that this system, this Phoenix system, needs to thrive? Yeah. Uh, again, Solomon Asante, for one reason that uh, I don't think you got to yet, he's an excellent set-piece taker. Mm. I watched in the Austin game three set pieces that if it hadn't been for just brilliance from austin's goalkeeper i forget his name but he diego restrepo diego restrepo man if it hadn't been for his brilliance all three of those would have gone into the into the back of the net so um dangerous from a set piece jamal johnson the other winger also an excellent set piece taker interesting yeah and that is in the game that i watched he had a, a a free kick from just outside the box on the right um not glance off the the crossbar but hit it actually pretty hard dang um like kind of chipped the crossbar um and he he had one i think in the austin game as well he did that went just over there or were, just wide there or were four or five like free kicks in austin game three so set pieces set, so free kicks we don't want to be conceding no luckily we're, we haven't been a team that's fouled a lot except in that the one T2 outlier game. that's such a and an i heard exception. something from the portland uh, 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 a guy that does a portland podcast that that was that referee's first USL game. His first professional game. So he had to get a grip on the game. So right he is, he just don't know what he's doing. Don't know what he's doing. No, don't hey, know what he's doing. You know what? It's got to be rough being an official. I'm glad I'm not one. Side <laughs> note, what like gets you juiced about being an official for any sport of sports? Side you topic. Gotta, you got I think you almost have to have a power trip, but they some of them seem nice. I don't know if it's a power trip as much as I, I think you have to be a little bit insane. Yeah. Like, just get think about yelled it. at by everyone. Everyone yells at you. Yeah, everyone fans, hates you. The players, the coaches. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, that sucks for him. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Um. So yeah, Solomon Asante is a key player for Phoenix. Uh, in the game that I watched, he didn't start or even come on as a sub in the game that you watched. But again, this is a team that's just a new side every single time they take the field. Yeah. Um. Was James Musa? Yeah. And I actually have an answer to why he didn't play midweek at austin okay was because he had picked up a knock the game before he did play at austin sorry the my, uh, yeah, my yeah, game, yeah the right back so yeah, he, yeah. sorry he did play in austin okay he did not play um on the weekend uh at home against tacoma uh-huh. because um he had he picked, had up, picked a knock. up a knock yeah so i think uh the phoenix probably just said mm, we're probably we're gonna risky. steamroll yeah. tacoma let's not play He's, this guy smells like acne cream and yeah, B.O. Yeah, here. These, those gonna... guys were young. They yeah. didn't look young physically, though. Like, huh. they they might have been sixteen or seventeen or eighteen years old, but they looked like, like men, 20, and they yeah. were they were taking fouls. And anyway, four zero. Anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yes, James Musa. He started three games. This he has started three games this season. He's come on has a sub once. Um, he's a essential uh, defensive midfielder. He can fill a variety of roles. Uh, outside of that, and uh, he's a he's from New Zealand. Came up through an academy in New, in New Zealand. Signed with Fulham, interestingly, for a year from 2012 to 2013. Hmm. Biographical note: top level player. Um, he played as a left back, central defensive midfielder, and a center back 
uh, for New Zealand in their 2012 Olympic run wow. in London. Uh, so he, he's versatile in that sense. In the Austin game, he was playing as a central midfielder, but in defense, he would drop to the uh, to support the left-sided center back. Um, okay. So Austin was playing a four-one-four-one with a Isaiah Promise playing uh, like a he's a striker, but uh, he was on the wing. He was on he was on the right he was on the right side, right the right wing uh, you know, on the four-man uh, attack. Right. So uh, Musa was shutting Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah promised down. Isaac promised, yeah. Isaac promised down. If that first 15 chaotic minutes, if it hadn't been for Musa's just really closing him down, taking away him as a passing option, not allowing him to get crosses into the box, I think a goal would have gone in for Austin oh, in those first Okay, so, so then I'm confused. Would he drop and play like as a third center back? Pretty much, or... yeah, on the left side. Okay, so then... And then, then shift into the middle in attack. So then Isaac Promise was getting that far forward on the right wing. Right that he was almost playing as like a wing back so was he man marking him like if if promise drifted centrally would musa go with him or? i didn't know i didn't i didn't notice that okay i saw him draw i saw him coming le- centrally left okay in the game so so we don't expect that to happen for the sacramento i don't game, i don't expect that to happen. If For he's, foreshadowing for the, the yeah the next part of the show if he starts he'll start in the central center of the midfield okay and i think that he'll be tasked with yeah. So from, kind of shutting down Cameron Owasa, but not man-marking him. Okay, so from listening to a Phoenix podcast earlier today, I think that's something that they are used to seeing James Musa do, huh. is drop in and play center back. Specifically in possession, though, not defense. Interesting. So that might have been a tactical wrinkle just for that game. Or just a flawed observation on my part. I don't know. I have to no, I, that sounds... I mean, Isaac Promise had a couple of dangerous moments against Sacramento. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that he went down in the box with, he went down in the box. He had a shot that he probably should have done better with. Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised that Phoenix would try to eliminate him Hmm. from the game. Um, yeah, that, but that central defensive midfielder is important for for this system. Whoever plays there, whether it's James Musa or, Someone else. Yeah, it's Lambert, gonna... I think, played it in my game. Okay, yeah. yeah it's going to be and it's gonna be an important player. Yeah, also, Colin Fernandez. I've heard a lot of good things about Colin Fernandez. Huh. Um, also can play that. He, he plays more of an eight, like a box-to-box guy. Yeah. But he, d- he does really well defensively. Comes too. in. And, then, and the, the defense will need assistance because they are still figuring out yeah. their I, I own identity as well. Yeah. Okay, so another guy that we think is very important is the right-back Dumboya. Okay, so this is what I noticed about Demboya. He would, in possession, he would push pretty high up the field, and then he would tuck in. Not so much so that he was like a central midfielder, Mm. but he was definitely tucked in. And then when he would get the ball, he would cut in and dribble centrally almost every single time. I, I counted it, I think, six times in the first half alone. The only other time he got the ball in the first half against Tacoma was when Solomon Asante tucked in hmm. and played him in behind um, the the opposing Tacoma left back. Uh, I believe his his name is Nick Hines. Okay. Um, so I, I think he's very dangerous because, like I said, he got on the ball a lot, but he, he would dribble in, and that just automatically creates an overload. Mm-hmm. 
so like defenses are set up right to to eliminate numerical advantages so if um phoenix has guys out wide then they're going to put guys out wide whatever so then all of a sudden there's a this right back who's supposed to be out wide cuts in and is taking guys with him he he drew a foul he drew the foul that jamal johnson hit the crossbar with Mm -hmm. so he cut in played a one-two with asante who had drifted out a little bit and pulled the the center back out and then he was going in that space and then got fouled by um the midfielder who was trying to to run after him so i think he is a a guy that we need to watch whoever is supposed to defend him whether it's actually the fullback or a winger or a midfielder is going to need to take away his inside take, don't let him cut inside that is where he's comfortable take that away yeah mm-hmm. interesting i heard it and i heard him that he didn't start in the game that i played he started all of the other games that phoenix has played this season mm-hmm. and i heard that he was just from the announcers that he was an amazing player and that he was missed in that game yeah so okay to look out for Okay, so then we've talked a lot about Phoenix um, and and kind of some of their dangerous players, but how do we think they're actually going to line up against Sacramento specifically, Nolan? Yeah, so I think we're going to see a, a Solomon Asante on the right wing. We're going to see Mustafa Demboya on the, uh, playing right back. Um, I think if Adam John is healthy, he's going to be playing as the, stri- as the central striker. Um, he's a really talented – I think he scored – he's their top scorer. no. He's had a couple. He's been hurt, but he's, he's already scored hurt. this. He's already got. This a, I think he's got a couple of goals. I don't okay. think he's the top striker. Though. He played at. Um, he played in San Jose in the preseason last year and was really hot. Or this year, uh, a, cu- a couple of years ago, okay. and then they let him go, and he was with Columbus, and now okay. Columbus has loaned him to Phoenix. Adam John, he's good. Um, they they also have other options to playing in as yeah. as a striker. They're going to be dangerous. Jason Johnson playing on the left wing. We haven't talked a lot about the um, Phoenix's left winger jason johnson but he's really good three goals on three goals this season so far yeah um i think he's only had five starts uh-huh so um talented player i think he can also play in the as a striker also as well mm-hmm. um and then it the defense the defense in the midfield is really just going to be who looks good in training the next in the past week and a half um and who yeah, the coach seems sees fit to put in there because they've been there's just been so much rotation. Yeah. I think they squad. finally got their back line figured out with Amadou Dia playing fullback on the left, Demboya on the right, mm-hmm. and then the last two games, it's been AJ Cochran and Joey. Ooh, Cochran played in my game. Yeah, AJ Cochran and Joey. Somebody I can't. Oh, man, I was, I should have known this. But their, their center backs have played the past couple games, and they've done okay. They've done pretty well. Um, so I think they might have gotten that figured out. Okay. So what what was the formation? Do, do you have In a my form- game? 4-3-3. Yeah. 4-3-3. Okay. So they're going to be – they're going to try to maybe attack yeah. Sacramento. Okay. So I actually think Sacramento is going to play a 4-2-3-1, which is different than their normal 4-3-3. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is a 4-2-3-1 in defense – and a four three three in attack. Okay. Um, I'm hoping and praying. I'm crossing my fingers that manager Simon Elliott realizes the error of his way and puts Bonomo <laughs> back in. Everyone that I have talked to, everything that I have read, everything that I've listened to, has 
all come to the same conclusion that Bonomo needs to be in the starting lineup. He does so much he does. off the ball and even on the ball that contributes to a productive Sacramento Republic. He has to be back in the lineup. I think he's the center striker. Right. Cameron Awasa, not only is Bonomo an excellent player, Cameron Awasa is not a number nine. He's a I mean, it's he's hard. an attacking midfielder. Uh, it's hard because as a number nine last year, he scored 17 goals. Okay. So it's not like he can't do it, but it's almost like he's been in preseason training, a number nine, the whole, or the, sorry, a, a number 10 for all of preseason and to come into this season. And then now all of a sudden he's been asked to go back to, to central striker. Right. And I just, he had some goals that he just kind of pulled out of nowhere last year. Yeah. And even like the goal against Oklahoma city, the first goal, he just kind of top uh, of the box, yeah. had a rip. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that that's replicable. So I think he needs to play that center center striker. Maybe four four two three one is a maybe isn't right. Maybe it's more of a four four one one, hmm. where he's more of a a second striker but plays centrally, kind of underneath, hmm. and he's kind of pushed up very high. That's probably a bit more accurate. Yeah, similar to what Liverpool have done uh, for stretches this season in the Premier League. Yeah, um, but let me just read up read through my lineup. So Cohen obviously is starting. McCrary on the left, fullback. Tainer and then Keenan, center backs. Gomez, right back. Sari and Skundrich are your midfielders. Sari a bit more deep lying. Double pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, Skundrich a bit more of the eight. Bijev on the left wing. Awasa, central attacking mid. Blackwood on the right. And then Bonomo up top. I don't like that Bijev is in this lineup. Yeah. But I think that he had a little bit of a knock. His hamstring was a little bit hurt. And that's why he has been, he's kind of been being worked back up to, to full strength. Hmm. And I think that he gets the start and is kind of told, Hey, be productive. And if you're not productive, I'm going to pull you off for Sam Warner. Mm -hmm. I could also see the reverse happening that Sam Warner gets the start and is told, Hey, if you're not productive, I'm going to pull you off for Bijev. Mm -hmm. That might not literally be the conversation, but that's maybe what Simon Elliott is thinking. Mm. It's good to have those options, but Personally, I would rather have Sam Werner start, but I think he's going to start Bijev. That's just what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, Nolan, um, what do you think Phoenix has to do to be successful for this match? What, is, what does a successful match look like for Phoenix? And I'm not just talking about the result. Obviously, a win is a successful match. Right. Or maybe a hard-fought draw on the road against a good team is a successful match. I'm talking about their style, their, the their, yeah, the way they play. What does that look like for them? I think against if, Sacramento, if Phoenix plays a good game in Sacramento, they're going to exploit Sacramento's left side. Okay. So they're going to have okay. Mustafa Demboya coming in, raiding in from the right back position, tucking in, not like, as you said, as a central midfielder, but, but dragging guys in, pulling people out of position, uh, with a very, very dangerous right winger playing off of him. Uh, Solomon Asante, mm -hmm. and we have to take into consider into consideration that Sacramento will be, will be relatively limited in the in their defensive options. So uh, Chancepulos is suspended for this game yeah. for his red card in the T two game. Uh, so it's pretty much going to have to be Mitchell Tanner and Deckel Keenan that are taking up the uh, the responsibility to direct that back line. McCrary is a great left back. 
he gets up really high, I'm worried that he's going to be caught out of position and that uh, a, a, a center back's going to have to shift over to, to cover a run from, you know, from Dimboya, and then it's just something's going to go haywire and a goal's going to, and a, a goal's going to go in the back of the net. That's what happened in the Austin game. Uh, their left back had pushed. So that's what happened to Phoenix in the Austin game is that the, they had, Phoenix was countering. They lost the ball in the middle of the field. Uh, Austin countered quickly again. The center backs were, were pulled out of position. Uh, it was a brilliant effort, but just... But that was a really good goal. It was a really good goal. But yeah. the, they, they were exploited on their left side. So okay. I think if Phoenix plays well, they look to draw McCurry out okay. and get the ball up on his side. Okay. Strangely enough, I think because these teams line up and play almost a almost the exact same tactical game that their weaknesses are also the same. Yeah. So because Demboya on Phoenix's right pushes up so far, he can be countered against. Yeah. So I think a successful game for Sacramento looks like getting their left winger, which would be Blackwood, in behind Demboya. Demboya. Um he normally tucks in. I want to see him stay wide. Even if he has to keep Demboya honest so he doesn't go forward, that's great. Yeah. Um that's number one. Number two, I want to see balls being pinged around in the middle between Sari, Skundrich, and Iwasa. Make some passing triangles. Get get people set up to open up space. Play off of Bonomo as well. That's that's number two. That's that's a successful match for Sacramento. Um, and and use Bonomo's hold up play with that. And then the last thing it would be, um, I want to see some more big switches between the center backs or maybe even Sari and the wingers, Bijev or Blackwood. Um, so suck them into one side, switch the ball to the other side into open space. They've been successful with that. I want to see more of that. And then I want to see those wingers cut in on their preferred foot or get crosses off with their preferred foot. Do do something. Mm-hmm. Don't waste those possessions because what we've seen from Sacramento is they get them in they get the ball in dangerous situations and then nothing comes of it mm-hmm. or it goes out for a corner and we've scored once off of a corner but that's with a we, winger who hasn't started this year. Yeah. Or he has started. With a winger who hasn't started the last two games. Warner? Yeah. I, th- I thought Warner, Warner did start the, the Portland game and then came off at half. You're right, for BJ. Yeah. yeah. Um, and people will be like, oh, yeah, but we've scored with, uh, you know, Villarreal in the box. But but remember, Sacramento was playing up a man yeah. because Austin Bold had to send off a guy off. because he was hurt. And the guy that went off was it the guy could, that was supposed to mark Jaime Villarreal. So I'm Could not, have just as well ended in a, in a could draw. Could have just as well, yep, ended in a draw. So that's what I think Sacramento needs to do to be successful for this for this game. So with that, we're going to go to the last segment of this show. Nolan, which team do you think will win their matchups? And do you have any specific predictions? I, not because I am a Sacramento fan, but because I am an objective football enthusiast. Soccer enthusiast, I'm sorry, this is American sports. <laughs> I think that Sacramento will win their matchups. They are a more consistent team. They are a more disciplined team. Phoenix, to be fair, may be the more talented team. I just don't think that they have figured themselves out yet as a 
unit to be able to break down this very disciplined, tough, and experienced Sacramento side. Okay, so what what specific matchup do you think Phoenix is going to win? That what, Sacramento what should, is going to win? What should fans at this game, watching this game, be looking for? What matchup are you thinking Phoenix is going to win? I think that Cameron Awasa is going to exploit the central midfielder who is going to be not marking him, but looking to cl- to close down his ability to create plays. Okay. Um, so I, I think that he is going to play far. The, the person, whoever the central defensive midfielder is, whether it's James Musa or someone else, they're not going to be able to, to hold back Cameron Owasa. Blech. Sorry. Cameron Owasa. I think if Bonomo starts, we're just more dangerous with a true number nine striker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he'll wreak havoc in that back line that you think might be settled in the Austin game. They definitely were not. So, Got it. Okay. I, I will say this. If if Awasa does start at striker and if like Jaime Villarreal or somebody plays that number 10, I don't think that's a matchup that Sacramento wins. I, I, I don't okay. think Jaime Villarreal, he, he's a good player. He's not a number 10. No. He, he's a number eight. He's best at the number six position. So I, I, I will give you, I, I will concede that, that I think Cameron Awasa is going to have opportunities this game to either open up play for someone else or create for himself. I, I think that's a matchup that he he could win if he plays smart hmm. off of Bonomo. L- use Bonomo to open up space, confuse defenders. I, I think that that is very much a possible thing. Hmm. However, who do you think will win their matchups this game, Scott? I, th- I really, really like Phoenix's right back, <sighs> Dumboya. He was so the dangerous pessimist. and i know i know it was against 12 year olds yes. from seattle, seattle but i ah man i just saw i saw either. how fluid he was how he doesn't he doesn't hesitate on the ball off the ball and i i just think his unique cutting in and dribbling around people is going to be so hard for sacramento to defend because let's think about it Bijev, I predicted he would be out on the left. Mm. Nolan, does Bijev defend? No. No. Does, so, does he do anything very productive? Uh, Not usually. He really is that luxury player. Yeah. He really is that, that second striker that doesn't have really much defensive responsibility yeah. other than kind of moving to the ball side, moving to the other ball side. So I I don't think Demboya is going to have trouble doing whatever he wants to do on the right. <laughs> And combining with Asante. And I like McCrary, but this is Solomon Asante. Yeah. I think he has a strong shot of being the MVP this year. Hmm. And I just think that Sacramento's left side is going to be torn up the whole game. (sighs) Unless there is some tactical tweak that Simon Elliott has up his sleeve. We were talking earlier, and I said that this would be a good game for three center backs. The only problem with that, the other center back is suspended. Right. So... That's why I said four at the back because I don't know who else would play center back. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone do it uh, in preseason even other than Mahoney. Who hasn't started. And he hasn't started. He hasn't, hasn't even come off the bench. Huh. So I'm, I'm just concerned. I, I think Mitchell Tanner has got his work cut out for him yeah. this game at left center back. Yeah. I think whoever shades to that left side 
the midfielder has got their work cut out for them. Yeah. And I, I, I know Simon Elliott has a tactical philosophy, but if there is a game to go away from it, even though it's at home, mm-hmm. this might be it, but I don't think he will. I think he'll stick with 4-3-3, And, uh, yeah, I just, I, do, I just don't think that there's enough defensive rigor. Yeah, from that left side. If Sam Werner starts, maybe it's a bit different. So maybe that's a reason why Sam Werner would start, was yeah. because I think he is a bit more defensively sound than Bijev. Yeah. Um, and I think he, he will combine a bit more with Awasa and Bonomo. He started in the Portland game. And he did start in the Portland game. So I think that that's my hmm. – okay, I'm going to amend my, my starting lineup. I think Sam Werner is in there on the left Ooh. instead of Bijev. Um, that's matchup number one. Yeah. Matchup number two is the the other wing for Phoenix. Johnson. I think whoever's out there, Johnson or Junior Flemings, I think that they're just pretty much going to be sitting back for 20 minutes at a time, doing their job defensively, shuttling the ball when they need to. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, the counter's going to be on, the switch is on, they're on the ball in space, they're going to have a dribble, duck a shoulder, and do something dangerous. I'm not going to be surprised if a goal comes from that side of the field seemingly out of nowhere. Hmm. That's what I saw in the Tacoma game twice. Hmm. And I think that, that's a, that there's a good shout for that happening this game. I think that left winger is going to have a quiet game, but a productive game. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, much less optimistic than my... My matchup prediction, but thank yeah. you for your football realism, yeah. Scott. So well, we don't normally do this, but I, I'm just curious. Do you do you think this is so, because Phoenix was in my or was in our my, uh, my number yeah, three? He was, he was your Western number Conference. three. So do you think this is a dangerous matchup for Sacramento? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, uh, ju- I'm just double checking because you sounded very confident uh, talking about Sacramento. I I was just I was impressed it was impressed upon me the transition that this team is still undergoing okay in that first 15 minutes i think if a, if if sacramento does well i forgot to mention this if sacramento does well they get a goal in the, in the opening 15 minutes i 100 percent agree yeah i 100 percent agree because of the way Sacramento has started games this year, mm-hmm. they have started very well the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Phoenix has not, not. started well the They're first 20 minutes. They, let, they let children, 15-year-old <laughs> children, get Run multiple chances in the first 15 minutes. They let 30-year-old men get I know. multiple chances all over them. They had a guy with a... Never mind. Interesting. <laughs> so I, I think if Sacramento is successful, they, they get a goal early. Yeah. And then they are able to sit back and defend play one goal defensive. Lead. Hmm. And get a goal on the counter. Hmm. So, and if you look back at the games that Sacramento played Phoenix last year hmm. on the road, they got a goal early, a ball over the top from I think Tanner to Awasa, huh. scored in like the fifth minute. They got another goal late, a counter. Nisha scored it. Interesting. And they were able to just defend. I think if Sacramento is going to be successful, they have to get a goal early. If they don't get a goal early, I get very nervous. nervous. So my I, I think like, this is a dangerous matchup, yeah. even though Sacramento is at home. Yeah, and the the way that you that I mean you said earlier, they, the two teams play very similar styles 
of soccer. Yeah. It, the game is going to be very open for the entire yeah. minutes of the game. Unless, as you said, Sacramento makes a, ta- makes a tactical shift for this game specifically. Yeah. And if the game opens up, I get nervous because they have more dangerous yeah. attackers than I think Sacramento does yeah. as a whole. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. Th- this is I'm. This is gonna be a good game. Yeah, I I'm cautiously optimistic yeah. for Sacramento, but I could also cautiously be pessimistic for Sacramento. Yeah, I'm I'm literally right in the middle. Yeah, for this game, it's gonna be good. Well, oh, I can't even wait. All I right, I can't even wait. I'm gonna I won't be able to sleep for the next three nights. Yeah, Scott, it's gonna be one heck of a night it is gonna be one heck of a night all right well that is the end of our show we'll see you at the game 7 30 papa Papa murphy's park Park. hope the same time (laughs) hopefully they have like the whole security thing figured out because last time i was there uh no the the last game they did they 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 had yeah i don't know what the problem was but they have it figured out yeah all right nolan well it was good talking with you good talking with you all right and everyone as always glory glory Sacramento. sacramento